Welcome to the Learn Live Gula podcast, where you will receive inspiration from talented women educators from around the globe. Thanks for joining. Good evening. This is from a Shapiro. And first, I wanted to just thank the coordinators of this beautiful program, making sure that we're all staying on top of the Rebbe Shluchas to learn and to teach about the Geula. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this. Today I'm going to be looking into Chelek Yud Ches of Lekutei Sichais on page 271. You can also find the Sicha in the Kutei Sichas Parshiais of Balak. And um, even more exciting, this is a Sicha that is part of one of the Kutresim that the Rebbe personally handed to every single Chassid on Tesvav Iyar, Tavshin, and Aleph. So if you were Zaycha to receive that kuntris, even better, you can learn it directly from the booklet that you received from the Rebbe. So it is the first sicha in the Dvar Malchus that was given to us on Tesvav Iyar in the year Tavshin, and Aleph. So before we go into the sicha itself, <clears throat> I just want to give a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a background into what we're going to try to do today. And hopefully that will give us a chayis in learning the sicha and, of course, in teaching the sicha. Um, as we all know, on Chavchas Nisan Tavshin Analif, the Rebbe declared that he's giving over the shluchas of bringing the Mashiach to each one of us and that it's time for us to do everything we can to bring Mashiach. And there was that very desperate, overwhelmed feeling among Chassidim. What are we supposed to do? How do we fulfill the Rebbe Shluchas that the Rebbe gave us? How do, what, what are we supposed to do to actually make Mashiach come? And a very short time later, the Rebbe spoke a sicha on Shabbos Parshas Tezriya Metzairah, and I think it's one of the sichas that has been covered um, in this group, where the Rebbe went through that the Derech HaYeshara, the direct way to bring the Geula, is through learning Enyani Gula Mashiach. And to make it even more practical, that... A week, a few days later, the Rebbe stood for hours and hours and handed every single person who came by, men, women, even young children, a kuntris, a, a pamphlet called the Tvar Malchus that actually contained four sichas of the Rebbe, which analyzed the Rambam's halachis about Mashiach. So when we, and the, the sicha that we're going to be doing today is one of those four sichas. So when we are learning the Sicha and teaching the Sicha, we know that we are directly connecting to the original Shluchas that was given to us on Chavchas Nisan of Tutals Basar Kent. We're fulfilling um, in a very direct way the mission that the Rebbe gave us to make sure that we're doing everything we can to bring Mashiach into this world. Now, it's a little bit daunting about the Dvar Malchus is that they are Nigla Sichas. They are Sichas that analyze Halachas and Rambam. And they have a lot of nigla twists and turns, and it can be very overwhelming to even try to open up those sikhas and take a look at them. So I'm hoping to try to give a little bit of a comfortable taste of, um, you know, let's not be scared of these sikhas, let's try to learn them, let's try to teach them, and most important of all, let's try to see how they are very relevant and very powerful messages about the gula. Okay, <clears throat> so that's my little intro. Um, just to show you what we're going to get to by learning the Sicha, 
We all know that the Rambam says that Mashiach is one of the Yud Gimel Ikra. Mashiach is one of the foundations of Jewish faith. And Mashiach is crucial to Yiddishkeit. And yet, for many people, when they think about the Gula, they think of it as something that's very far removed from their day-in, day-out life as Yiddin. In other words, I can be a perfect Torah Jew, so to speak. And of course, somewhere along the way, I say I believe in Mashiach, but the belief in Mashiach isn't really directly impacting my Yiddishkeit in a very real and tangible way. In other words, in what way is it a foundation? Is it crucial to my Jewish faith? So let's take, for example, another one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim, belief in one God, or belief that Tyra came from Sinai. Those I understand very well how they are crucial to my whole identity as a Yid, to my whole Avedis Hashem, to my day in, day out, every single moment of function as a Jewish person. They are foundations of my Yiddishkeit. But Mashiach, Mashiach is the kind of thing, you know, we like to end speeches with. We mention him whenever Rahman Wotzan, there's a tragedy of some sort, but crucial to my day in, day out Yiddishkeit, a foundation of my very being as a Jew. It's hard to see how the Gula is so relevant and so much a part of every single minute of a Jewish person's life. And this Sikha is going to give that answer. This Sikha is going to really show us what is the true definition of Gula? What does it mean to really believe that Mashiach is coming and to really await Mashiach's coming? And how is that one of the basic, basic foundations of the functions of a Jewish person? But in order to get to that answer, we're going to be analyzing the words of the Rambam. Now, the Rambam is very unique, as you may all know, in that he is one of the halachic authorities who not only gives us the halachis that are connected to you know, technical functions that we have today in Galus, but the Rambam will cover every type of halacha. So he'll cover the halachas of karbanais. He'll cover the halachas of building a base of mikdash. And he also covers the halachas of the belief in Yemaisa Mashiach. And at the very end of the Rambam, we have two prakim, all the way, the last two prakim of Rambam, at the end of a section called Hochas Malachim, prakim Yud Aleph and Yud Beis, where the Rambam goes through the halachas of what a Jewish person has to believe will happen when Mashiach is going to come. And so that's where the Rebbe is going to be starting here in the Sicha. He's going to be taking a look at the first halacha of the Rambam's halachas about Mashiach. So it's the first halacha of Parakid Aleph of Hilchas Malachim. And if you're following along in the Sicha, the Rebbe is going to quote from that halacha. So that's where I'm going to begin, Ais Aleph, on page 271. In Saif Hilchas Malachim, at the end of the halachas of Malachim in Rambam, where the Rambam gets to the topic of Malach Mashiach. Zakta Rambam, the Rambam says, Vizel and here is an exact quote from the Rambam. Anyone who does not believe in him, him meaning Malacha Mashiach, or anyone who does not await his coming, and obviously there's going to have to be a differentiation between just believing versus actively awaiting the coming of Mashiach. Not only is that person um, denying the words of our Nevi'im, but he is denying the words of Tyra of Maisha Rabbeinu. The Tyra and Maisha. Why is he a denier of the Tyra and Maisha? Shaharei Tyra he'ida love, because the Tyra testifies to the coming of Mashiach. And then the Rambam quotes a pasuk from Maisha Rabbeinu's words, from Tyra's Maisha, from Chamisha Chumshe Tyra, where the Tyra clearly tells us that there is going to be a Geula. 
And what is that pasuk? It's a pasuk from Parshas Mitzavim. Shenamra, like it says, Vashav Hashem alekecha shavuscha. The Abishter promises that he will bring back your captives. He'll gather you all back. And the pasuk goes on to describe the geula. So here we have a pasuk in Chamisha Chumshei Taira, in Tyrus Maisha, that describes the geula. If a person is not believing in Mashiach, they are denying this very straight out pasuk in Taira. And the Ramam does not stop there. The Ramam continues and brings another point. And what does he say? The Ramam continues and says that also in the section of Bilam, which is in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Balak, there he gives a prophecy about two anointed ones. Who are these two anointed ones that Bilam gives a Navua about? And by the way, it's not just Bilam's Navua, it's really Maisha's Navua. Because the whole reason we know the story of Bilam is through Maisha having Ruach HaKadosh that that story occurred. So Vasham Niba, there there is the prophecy about the two Mashiachim. We have the Mashiach Harishain, the first Mashiach was David, who saved the Yidin from their oppressors. And then we have the second Mashiach, the Mashiach Ha'achrein Sh'aymi Mibanav, who will come from the descendants of David, Shemashiach Yisrael, who will go on also to save the Yidim. And then the Rambam starts to quote four psukim from the Nevuah of Bilam. And for each one of the psukim, the Rambam shows how half the Pasuk applies to David, and the second half of the Pasuk applies to Mashiach. I'm not going to go through all four psukim, but as you can see, if you continue reading, in the next few lines, the Ramam breaks down each of the each of the four psukim into two halves. The first half is a reference to David, and the second half is a reference to Malach Mashiach. And that's the halacha. So the Rebbe takes a look at this and says, one second. Anything that the Rambam puts into this sefer, the sefer that we call Rambam or Mishnah Tayyar or Yada Chazaka, whatever term you want to use for it, that sefer is a sefer of halacha. It's not a safer of interesting mefarshim on psukim or interesting details on Tyra. It's every single word there has to be teaching you a halacha. So what are we learning here from the fact that the Rambam has to bring all these psukim, quoting each one of these four psukim from Bilam, and breaking them down into their details, half referring to David and half referring to Malacham Mashiach. What is the halachic implication? What halacha are we learning from the fact that the Rambam goes into such detail explaining these four psukim in depth. Well, in order to understand that, let's first appreciate why Bechlal does the Rambam have to bring a second proof. The Rambam already brought a first proof, the Pasuk from Parshas Nitzavim. What is he gaining with the second one, with the one that he quotes from this week's Parsha, from the Nevuah of Bilam? And the answer pops out at us. If you only have the first proof, the one, Vashav Hashem Hashem will return your captives, Hashem will gather you back, predicting an era of Geula, we may come to the mistaken conclusion that there's going to be a utopian era, a time of Geula, that will be ushered in through Hashem's Hashgacha Pratis, but no mention whatsoever of Melech HaMashiach. And the Ramam clearly wants us to know that we have to be ma'min bai. We have to believe in a him. We have to be mechakalabiya say. We have to await his coming. Who is this he? Who is this his coming that we are waiting for? Melech HaMashiach. In other words, it's not just enough for a Jewish person to believe 
in an era of Geula, a Yid is required to believe in a person, in a Melech HaMashiach, who will usher in that era of Geula. And in order to show that that is a crucial belief, the Rambam quotes this Nevoah from Bilam. And the Nevoah from Bilam is not just referencing a time of redemption, it's referencing an actual leader, an actual person who will be responsible to take the Yidin out of Gullus. So we see that the primary focus of the Nevoah, of the message of the Nevoah from Bilam, and the reason why the Rambam is bringing it is to highlight the, the Indian of there being an actual person, an actual Melech HaMashiach. Once again, we still are asking, if that's the Rambam's point, however, why does he have to do it with such detail? Why does he have to bring each Pasuk, and not just each Pasuk, not only the Pesukim that refer to Mashiach, but also the Pesukim that refer to David. In other words, what are we gaining with the specifications of knowing half the Pasuk refers to David HaMelech, who was the first Mashiach, and half the Pasuk refers to Melech HaMashiach, who was the last Mashiach. And again in the next Pasuk, and again in the next Pasuk, and again in the next Pasuk. What's the purpose of us knowing, what, what's the purpose of the Rambam bringing, and again when I say purpose, I mean halachic purpose. What's the halachic purpose of the Rambam bringing the Pesukim about David as well? So just to sum up what we have so far, we know that the Rambam is telling us that a Yid is required to believe in Mashiach. If he doesn't, he's denying the Torah. The Rambam backs himself up with Psukim, and he brings the Psukim from Bilam to specifically prove that we have to believe in a Melech Mashiach. But we are still trying to understand what is the emphasis of also bringing the detailed Psukim about David and Melech as well. So in Ice Gimel, on page 273, the Rebbe continues with a suggested answer, which of course is going to have certain strength and validity to it. But at the end, it's not going to be our complete answer. But let's appreciate that initial answer because it's very special in and of itself. What's the Rebbe's initial answer? So he says, by bringing the example of David in this halacha, the Rambam is giving a lot more strength and a lot more surety to our belief in Melech HaMashiach. In what way? So... If you have already had an experience in Jewish history where the Yidin were going through a time of tzara, a time of difficulty, and there arose a Jewish leader who stood up on behalf of the Jewish people and took care of the Yidin and battled on their behalf and got them to a situation of safety and took care of them, then it strengthens our belief that once again, we could again be in a state of gullus, we can be in a state of difficulty, and we could have a Jewish leader who will stand up on our behalf and take care of us and do things for us. So having that reference of an earlier time in Jewish history strengthens our ability to have a Muna in the coming of Mashiach. If we know about David, then we can also believe in Melech HaMashiach. Um, we have a similar example of this that's actually brought in the Gemara. There's a whole discussion where the Chachamim were challenged. Such a ridiculous idea. How could a dead person come to life? And so what did the Chachamim point to? What did they use as like a proof that we can see in our world that we have a certain proof of Tchiasamesim? They pointed to the birth of a baby. And they said, look at this. If one who has never lived can come to life at the moment of birth, then that is a strengthening of our belief that one who, a body that once lived can live again. In other words, if a body that never lived can come to life, and that's the experience of birth, then certainly a body that once lived can also come back to life. 
So here we see an example of where an experience that you've gone through gives you the ability to have greater emuna in a future experience that would be similar. Um, I remember after Gimel Tammuz, I don't know if any of you had a chance to hear my mother's little video talk that she did by the Kinnos about the miraculous birth of my younger sister. But um, I remember that after Gimel Tammuz, when it was such a overwhelming time of how can Mashiach come and how can things change around so quickly. So one of the things that my mother pointed to in her own life was I experienced a certain amount of Tchesim because in that experience, she saw a baby that had been declared no longer living come back to life. And Baruch Hashem was born in a healthy and beautiful way. And so previous experiences like that strengthen our emuna that in one second, the Abishar can turn things around and there could be tchesim and it could be different, just like a baby could be born in one second and come to life. So what is that telling us? That the, the story of David becomes like a basis of support for our emuna in a future ge'ula as well, the future ge'ula as well. Or another example of how the belief, uh, the, the psukim of David strengthen our emuna Mashiach. So we all know the famous story with Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Akiva came with three other chachamim, and they came up to one of the mountains that overlooked Yerushalayim, and they saw the fox coming out of the area of the Kaidash HaKadashim. The other three chachamim burst into tears, and Rabbi Akiva burst into laughter. And they said, Akiva, what are you laughing? And he said to them, what are you crying? And they said, look at this, the Kaidash HaKadashim, the place that only once a year the Kain Gadol would go. And now there's a fox coming out of such an area. It's a fox den. Look how terrible is the churban. And Rabbi Akiva said, for that exact reason, I am laughing. Because the nevuah about the churban is connected to the nevuah of the geula. It's all one nevuah together. So if the first half of the nevuah came fully true in this extreme crazy way, then that strengthens my belief that the nevuah about the geula will also come true in their extreme, incredible way. And that is why I'm laughing. So we see the concept that once one half of a nevuah comes true, it strengthens our belief in the second half of the nevuah. Here as well, the fact that Bilam has these four psukim, half of each pasuk already came true. The half about David already came true. And so it gives us a stronger amuna that the second half is also going to come true. And that's the Rebbe's initial answer. It's a beautiful answer. It's to be appreciated. But then the Rebbe shows us that it's not a perfect answer because the emphasis here of why the Rambam is bringing the Psukim from Bilam is not just to strengthen our Amun and the coming of Mashiach, but to point out to us that if a person does not believe in the coming of Mashiach, that person is a Kaifer Batayr of a Meisharbenu. That person is denying all of Yiddishkeit. So how are these Psukim about David HaMelech giving us a parameter of what would make a person a kaifer batayra uva meisharabeinu. So we still haven't perfectly figured out what we're gaining, what halachic grounds does the Rambam have for bringing the psukim about Zavana Melech. Not only that, the Rebbe adds, we have another question here. Look at the term that's used to refer to these two great leaders. We call them bishnei hamashichim. That's the term that the Rambam uses to describe them. And I'm Summarizing right, right now, Ice Hay on page 274. Um, if we're talking about saviors, we can call them Meshiyim, we can call them Gayalim. Why Meshiyim? Why anointed ones? And it's so ironic. The Rebbe doesn't say it here, but I always think about this. Why do we call this man Mashiach? Like, what, what's, what's the significance of him being a Mashiach? 
And the Rebbe even takes it a step further and says, if we wanted to point to an earlier time in history to strengthen our amuna, to strengthen our faith in the coming Geula, wouldn't Maisha have been a better example? Maisha was a Gael. Just like Mashiach is going to be a Gael, Maisha was a great Navi, similar to Mashiach's level of Nevuah. Why does the Rambam specifically compare Mashiach to David and Melech? And specifically call them not redeemers, not saviors, but anointed ones. What's the emphasis of them being anointed ones? We're going to stop here because we have our 20-minute limit. But just to give you a little bit of a taste, the emphasis is going to be on their fact that these are malachim, these are kings. And there's something very unique and special that we specifically get from a Jewish king. And of course, as chassidim, our taste of what it means to have a malach is having a rebbe. So what we gain from having a Rebbe, from having a Melech in our lives, that's the specific inyan of what Mashiach is going to bring to the world. And that's why Mashiach is being specifically compared to David as an anointed king, not just as a redeemer. And in Hashem next week, we'll continue with more explanation of the significance of these psukim about David, these psukim about Mashiach, the Nevuah of Bilam, and of course, how all of this takes the Geula, and doesn't just put it on the back shelf, but makes it the most relevant and important part of being a Jewish person. Thank you for listening. Now go inspire others to help propel our world to its ultimate purpose and perfection with the complete and final Geula.